Hey there, welcome back to Happy Hour, or if this is your first time joining us, welcome. My name is Jess Brohard. As a career, I'm an esports event host, and then I'm also really interested in exploring different aspects of mental health, in part because I myself am a recovering alcoholic and I also deal with anxiety and depression. So on this podcast, each episode, I interview one of my peers from gaming and esports, and I ask them all about their career and their mental health and how the two affect each other. So this week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dan Hamill, aka Green Skull. I've known him for a very, very long time. He is a YouTuber specializing in Halo. And then after about a decade or more spent creating content, he kind of switched and went behind the scenes and is now a consultant. He still streams and creates YouTube videos occasionally, but his main focus is on consulting. So he talked a little bit about his origins of creating content. He got started at a very, very young age and had some really cool opportunities. And we chatted about how he currently sees a therapist, which is, I think, a fantastic thing. I see a therapist. I think everyone should go to therapy. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you do, please give us a rating if you are listening on a platform that has ratings or please follow us if you have a, if you're listening on a platform where you can follow the podcast. Those are a couple of things that really help us out. They help us show up higher in search results. So enjoy. To start off, I know you as a YouTuber. Like I've known you forever. I remember it was it was I think Pax Prime one year. I don't even remember what year it was that we met. But um, can you tell listeners a little bit about kind of your background and what you do now? Yeah, um, it's man. It's a it is a very long story, really. I'm uh, sure. I never, yeah, well, I, I never really know where uh, to start with with my history. Um, so I'll I'll do my my I'll, I'll do small summary. Um, I I always say, you know, I, I kind of started uh, when I was 14, um, and that's that's kind of doing it an injustice because uh, really I've been working towards everything I do now for essentially my whole life, right? But, you know, when I was 14 was was the first time that I ever uh, went to a gaming convention. I went to Toronto, where, where I live now. Um, uh, I flew across the country with my dad to go to an Xbox conference. It was uh, called Exo6 Toronto. Uh, you know, got to meet a bunch of cool people there, shake some hands. Um, and, you know, the, the genesis of that, again, it's just like, man, I never even know where to start, but it's like <laughs> the, uh, uh, what came before that was, you know, I, I was creating forums. Uh, I was, I was trying to just be part of a community. Uh, the Xbox 360 launch was coming up and I was really excited about that. And so I found the Xbox Canada forums. So I started interacting with people there and, and just making friends in the industry who continue to be my friends to this day, which is really cool. They all know me as this like 14 year old who, who, uh, <laughs> got a, got a dog, dog going on back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I uh, uh, went to that uh, game convention, became uh, uh, friends with a bunch of people, and then used that to kind of springboard. Like, that really solidified my journey. And again, I always call that kind of the genesis. Like, that was a point where I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is my start. This is where I met a ton of people. Uh, this is where it, it very much became a real thing to me. Um, and then fast forward many, many, many years to creating you know a, a forum community called ready up live that had uh, an accompanying youtube channel called ready up live and the the youtube channel started kind of taking on a life of its own it took over and became larger than the website and so that kind of became the the main focus for me for a long time and then obviously nowadays you know forums don't exist so 
uh, you know, the long story short of that is that, yeah, like the Ready Up Live is essentially is no more, um, you know, <laughs> lives on, lives on in spirit. But, you know, uh, YouTuber, content creator, now officially my, you know, my, my income, my, my job, my livelihood is uh, consulting uh, in the gaming space. And so... Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know you were doing that. See, and that's yeah. that's that's the really cool thing about about doing this podcast is I've had guests on that I know pretty well, and then I've had guests on that I haven't known so well, and then I've had guests on that I've known maybe for a while, and I'm kind of discovering new things about them. So when did you start doing all the consulting stuff? Yeah, so it was actually, it, it'd be within five years. Um, I want to say yeah three four years ago ish um something like that where i kind of just like you know the, the thing about that is this, you know so no, no one gives you a job right i mean i guess theoretically you could if you're like yeah. part of like a consulting firm uh, but in my case right it was it was the like changing my twitter bio to saying consultant right it was like the first steps were just declaring yourself as such <laughs> and, and that, yeah. that was kind of the weird part of it right that it was like oh yeah i do this thing it's like when people say I'm an entrepreneur, right? It's like, okay, well, it's like, are you <laughs> right? like, are you sure? Are you sure you are or like, what, yeah, what, what are you doing there? Right. Or it's, or it's even the people that like, you know, when, when people, you know, you self-declare yourself as uh, I'm a streamer or, I mean, it's kind yeah. of weird now. Like it's, this conversation would take a very different tone, you know, 10 years ago, yeah. uh, you know, back when I used to start, I mean, even when we first met would have been a very different yeah. scene, right? When someone says I'm a YouTuber, it's like, oh, so you're like a full-time YouTuber. It's like, well, no, you know, I have a hundred yeah. subs. Right? I was like, but now it's like everyone is, right? Everyone's a, yes. uh, uh, a streamer. Everyone's, uh, yeah, everyone's a, a everyone's a YouTuber. Uh, everyone's a content creator. Uh, um, obviously streamer being the big one. Um, so it's, it's weird to see, you know, I always used to say it's, back then you know only so many people had a logo right and a brand yeah. and a name and now who doesn't right like right <laughs> everyone everyone has a yeah. logo everyone has that brand everyone has that identity and yeah so it's a uh, it's interesting to see but but yeah that uh to, to kind of finish that was um it was literally just switching again switching i remember the day i did it and it was yeah i was kind of nervous and and like embarrassed about it in a way right for, for those same reasons right that it's like well am i right like i haven't really done anything it's just i'm kind of declaring myself this and hoping that that happens and people recognize this and uh you know i had some kind of things here and there that were usually kind of like free gigs um where i believe before that like for instance i uh did there was like a a consulting session with content creators for rainbow six siege um very very early alpha rainbow six siege like we were the first to play it uh, like outside the studio and so like and you know i got to give they sat out with a note, note board and we gave a bunch of feedback and stuff that uh, it was, is in the game today, which is cool to see. But that was, you know, it's just like a free, like, we got to play the game earlier and got footage and stuff. And then, uh, but that kind of stuff, like, I loved that so much that that really started kicking this notion into gear of I want to be a, a gaming consultant, as vague as mm -hmm. that is. And it's led to just a bunch of really interesting gigs I've taken on that have just so far gone way beyond anything i've ever done with content creation and just not only in terms of you know transparently transparently like monetarily um mm -hmm. but also just in fulfillment for me things that i just f find i enjoy more having done content creation for so long it just you know no one can do it forever um you, know, you got to be mm -hmm. a very special like pewdiepie kind of person to be able to like really do it that long i you know i can't and that's something that you know, I'm increasingly aware about myself, but yeah, I'm a consultant. <laughs> so there's, you said so many good things that I really mm. want to touch on. Um, first of which, 
I really like that you said you kind of just like you put it in your Twitter bio and you started calling yourself a consultant because honestly, I kind of think that's how you have to do it because sure, you know, going back to the whole, oh, everyone's a streamer thing. I remember, I remember, you know, hearing about people saying, oh, I'm a streamer. And at first, yeah, you're right. That had the connotation, connotation of, oh, if you say you're a streamer, you're a YouTuber, that implies, oh, that's kind of how you make your money. That's your occupation. Whereas nowadays you say you're a streamer, you're a YouTuber. Anyone can do it. It just means that's a thing that you do. You create content somewhere. It doesn't necessarily mean you make any money off it. Mm -hmm. It just means it's the thing you do. But I remember back in the day, when I first started hosting and I call myself a host because I had this moment where I was like, all right, Jess, fucking fake it till you make it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like no one's going to give you any host dress for the job. You exactly. No one's It's just like you said, no one's just going to give you a job. Like no one's just going to hire you as a consultant if they don't know you're a consultant. So honestly, yeah. good on you for owning it, calling yourself a consultant. Now, did you have any of that when you first started off in content creation? Um, did you you know, I know you were very, very young, but you obviously kind of already knew what you wanted to do. You had a passion for it. So did you have that same moment where you're like, all right, I'm going to call myself a content creator. I'm going to call myself a YouTuber and kind of hope it happens. No, um, because, you know, when I started this stuff, that wasn't even a term, right? Like when I first started making videos, gaming videos, and I made Halo 2 videos, YouTube didn't exist. And it's weird to say that because there's people, you know, YouTube came out in 2000, late 2006, technically 2007's kind of the year that it became a, started to become a little more mainstream. Uh, but even still, you know, YouTube, the first few years of YouTube existing were a very, it's a very different time than what YouTube is now. Uh, I originally used YouTube as a a video hosting platform. Um, the very first video I think I ever uploaded to YouTube was a trailer for a new Forza game because uh, I <laughs> wanted to because I wanted to post it on my site and rather than hosting it on my site and using bandwidth, it was a really great video player. Um, that was the first time I ever used YouTube, right? So it was a totally different time. YouTuber was not coined for a mm -hmm. long time in that in that period, right? So like when, when I was creating these videos and uploading them to just kind of obscure websites and showing people glitches in Halo 2, you know, the, the the concept that you could make money off that wasn't in anyone's mind, right? It was, there was mm -hmm. at no point during that, my whole content creation career, was there ever any real goals there, right? It was always just something that I started stumbling upon and being very early to, which is, you know, for better or worse, I think of, like in terms of esports, like I always feel bad for the the like the Walshies of the world. Um, you know, I, I love the dude um, and some of like the earlier, uh, some of the earlier Halo players who like forged the path for all of esports. But if they had that same notoriety then, but now they'd be multi, multi, multi millionaires, right? <laughs> like they would be living a very different world than. Oh, you know, like at you know, maybe I had my face on a Red Bull can, or like I'm doing all right for myself, right? But I still have to take jobs. I still do like they're oh, essentially all of them are like that, right? And so, I I I often kind of feel that way as well in a weird way, and it's it it, it maybe maybe thinking too highly of myself, but you know I, I was though, you know I to to give myself enough credit, I was kind of there at the beginning of a lot of this stuff, right? At the beginning of gaming content creation on YouTube and pre-YouTube video gaming content creation, right? Like I've been there for so long that it's, uh, you know, it's like if I still had that drive <laughs> that I had back <laughs> then, now I could be probably doing a lot more, right? I could be just cranking stuff out every day and it's just, you know, the, the more and more I go on, the more I, and the more I do things like consulting and stuff, the more I'm like, you know, how much content creation do I wanna do anymore? 
So then let's talk about that transition a little bit because you kind of, you know, you kind of hinted at it and you even said like, unless you're PewDiePie, you can't really do content creation forever. And I think a lot of people have, it's really interesting because some of my, many of my guests have been content creators and a lot of them have had kind of differing views on that because I have, I have spoken to a lot of people who have not necessarily retired from content creation, but maybe mm. taken a step back, maybe kind of found another primary way to make money. And I know you're still um, like making YouTube videos. You're, are you still streaming and stuff as well on, on top of consulting? Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I actually streaming wise is, is a, a, it's its own thing, right? Like I, yeah. I, I certainly, I'm more and more aware of that. Um, and, and, you know, with today being, uh, what is it? Men's Men's Day? Men International Men oh, Day? It? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, it's it's a thing. Um, and yeah, so like yeah. it's it's been I kind it was of every day. <laughs> yeah, we keep what? Ha ha! Hey hey! <laughs> um, <laughs> got him! Um, I got him. They uh, no. Well, to, to, I mean, it, it's kind of been this this notion of whatever International Men's Day is or was or whatever is kind of been increasingly co opted to be uh, like about mental health. Um, and and I'm already seeing that if you look around Twitter today now you'll. You'll, uh, I forget the name of that phenomenon, uh, but like now you're going to really notice it. <laughs> you're going to see yeah. it and we're like, oh, that's why everyone's talking about mental health today, right? Because um, yeah. that's kind of what it, it, it became. Um, but uh, uh, I totally forgot where I, was, where I was headed with that. That was a... Uh, Sorry, was, uh, I know. <laughs> I we're talking about that. My, my, my apologies to, to you and all the <laughs> listeners. Uh, I, I warned Jess about this ahead of time. I actually pulled an all-nighter. So I'm like... I'm I'm running on fumes. I've been... My sleep has just been super messed up for the past couple weeks um you know even mental health wise it's something we can always uh, i'm sure we're gonna get to that topic at some point here shortly ish um but it's like yeah for me it's just been like i just had this you you get into that slump where you're just like you're you know you're waking up at 6 p.m every day and you're not seeing any sunlight and like at some point you got to do something uh, and i had a lot to do so so i'm i'm, I'm running on fumes but we're and, uh, and this is pure it's pure raw me <laughs> That's what I figured. And when you said that, I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, it's going to be a little interesting, but it'll be, yeah, it'll be like the raw unfiltered yeah. green stall. Like, so, I mean, let's, let's, let's go there then. Um, so could, because I would have thought that your sleep schedule would be more messed up, like as a content creator. And now that you're no longer doing that on like a full time basis, like, is there, I mean, is there, is there any reason why you were pulling an all nighter tonight? Uh, no, it was just to kind of reset everything. I think, um, I did have some stuff to do. Um, also my, my girlfriend is got approval to cross the border into Canada, um, which you need <gasps> to, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's like this huge process is a bunch of stuff you have to, I had to get a, uh, a form notarized, uh, like legally had to be it over webcam, which at least you can do that, which is good. Um, and get it like, you know, just all this stuff and steps and the, she had to fill stuff out and send it in. And they'd like kind of cross your fingers and hope that they say yes. Uh, and now we're just hoping that the the border when she goes it's actually sunday it'll happen that the letter oh, through gosh. and then, then we have to quarantine for two weeks uh so mm -hmm. since she has to quarantine she's gonna quarantine with me so i'm also we just got to be stuck in here for for two weeks so i'm just like packing up on groceries and i've been cleaning and uh so yeah so we got a bunch of stuff on the mind a bunch of stuff going on right now you know working all the all the gigs i'm working uh yeah. and just yeah i just kind of wanted to reset a bit uh, i was i was getting it kind of waking up later and later and later i'm like all right tonight i'm just gonna you know, if I go to bed, it's just going to happen again. <laughs> I might as well just <laughs> just kind of power through it. And then this became a great opportunity to, uh, we were originally going to do this later in the day. I'm like, oh, we should do this earlier. Like, it'll just yeah, be my, totally. like, my bedtime kind of right now. But um, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Cap 10 Hats. High quality dad hats that donate 10% of their profits to ocean cleaning efforts. 
And now, as we're heading into the colder months, Cap 10 is introducing new beanies in three colors to keep you warm for the winter. And as a thank you to Happy Hour listeners, you can use code HAPPY for 15% off your order. Go to cap10hats.ca, that's C-A-P-T-E-N hats.ca, and use code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-I, for 15% off your order. Once again, that's cap10hats.ca, and use code HAPPY for 15% off. Join the movement and help save our oceans. So what has that been like then having to be long distance with your girlfriend and not, you know, like how, how much have yeah. you have you seen her at all since um, the beginning of the pandemic? Uh, well, so we were fortunate enough to do two really cool trips back to back at the beginning of the year. Mm. Uh, it was I, well, I started with. Actually, what was first? First would have been, we did Vegas. We had a Vegas trip that was like a business trip for me. Uh, that we said, yeah, just like come along. It's going to be great. And we just, we kind of balled out in Vegas. Like we had just, nice. you know, as always, right? Like you gotta, you always gotta come back with a story and just have a, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of time. Just like wild. Uh, and so we just had a great time. This was, but still, you know, it would have been the beginning of COVID. So like it was technically around, right? And this would have been February. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that just was, hadn't uh, really hit like North America yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, sort of, kind of not. Um, so it was still very. We we're also very kind of cautious, and nothing came of it. Um, but you know, to do something like a Vegas uh, as kind of like the last hurrah before all mm-hmm. this was very nice. And then right after that, March was PAX East, which yep. was you know the final convention ever in the history of mankind. Uh, so that was exciting, and I think back to. I think it was like the Elgato, yeah, the Elgato party that they always have there in the same kind of place every year that, mm-hmm. you know, just packed and yelling at each other. And I was just kind of even, even then starting to be kind of hyper aware of like, yeah, like the person who's speaking very loudly to me is kind of spraying on me. Uh, <laughs> but it was like, you know, not everything was really known at that time. And so I remember just thinking about that and be like, all right, like, you know, as long as I like don't put my hands to my face. Um, and, and that whole convention, I remember it being just, it was still, it was pretty impressive. They did a good job of, you know, everything had a, uh, uh, every station had, Purell at it. Uh, there was like wipes and Purell at the both the top and bottom of the escalator. Like they were, I was like, man, I really hope moving forward, this is the future conventions. Like everything was so clean. It was yeah. awesome, right? I was like, this is great. So having Vegas and then PAX East back to back was definitely a nice last hurrah uh, before before all this. Um, so I got to see her at both those instances and then yeah, have not seen her since. So, you know, it's when I'm hearing people wow. be like, yeah, it's one thing to not have seen someone for like a little month or so, but it's like, it's essentially been a year uh, yeah. that I haven't seen my girlfriend. So, so she's coming Sunday. So I'm, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember I was going to ask about PAX East cause I didn't, uh, I, cause I remember being at PAX East and seeing that cause I was like very end of February to very beginning of March. And there were definitely more people wearing masks there than I normally see at conventions. There were fewer crowds. Like you could tell people were already kind of nervous, I think, about COVID. Mm. I don't think I don't even think we we're calling it COVID yet. I think it was still calling it yeah. the coronavirus. And so it definitely stopped a few people from coming. Like crowds were noticeably lessened than they were mm-hmm. each year. And how did you feel about that? Because I remember getting this sort of almost eerie feeling myself looking around and going like I had this feeling I remember having this feeling early on um during like the four-day event and going this is going to be the last in-person event for a while like shit's gonna shut down everything's gonna get canceled how did you feel I don't know I I don't know if I was really thinking that far ahead to me it was it was more of just kind of mild caution right I don't think anybody expected to be as 
world breaking as it was and i you yeah. know it'd be like there's some like outbreaks here and there kind of thing and you got to be careful like i think back to like the swine flu kind of stuff right that was like it was bad yeah. but it was kind of isolated to certain areas and it wasn't it wasn't anything like this that's for sure right? so i thought it'd be like that right? i'd be like all right everyone just make sure you're washing your hands a lot and i thought that would kind of be the thing it's just there would just be a lot more hand washing and purelling everywhere and mm-hmm. not like say I, I never really had i don't think i really had any as much as i was overly concerned like i, I i've gotten increasingly good at not touching my face at conventions and such <laughs> yeah. and, and and you know moving towards the you know elbowing and all that so so it's, I was already yeah. there, and so I was kind of welcomed, but yeah. That's already a good habit to be in, because conventions are already, like, people people always get sick at conventions anyway, so I do mm. remember being extra cautious and, like, washing my hands extra, using sanitizer extra, so I didn't get sick at all, you know, any kind of um, cold or anything at PAX, which was, which was good, but I'm an alarmist, so I did, like, yeah. I did get those feelings of, like, doom and, glo- doom and gloom and, like, oh, apocalypse and this, you know, the world's going to end, but... Anyway, let's move on and kind of talk a little bit about mental health. So I know you sort of transitioned from, you know, being a full-time content creator to doing consulting and stuff. What was that change like from a mental health perspective? For instance, did you feel any sort of like sadness? Um, Was it a difficult decision for you? Like, did you, or was it, I mean, was it all good things? You were just sick of content creation and glad Mm -hmm. to be kind of taking a backseat now? Yeah, that, I mean, there's always that sadness and that want to to create content and the whether it's like letting your fans down or something it's something that i'm you know i'm still kind of struggling to get a hold of and what that is uh but i'd say overall my mental health going from you know relying on content creation as my primary income to not uh has been great um and i think you'll hear that it was very common is this like the month to month nature of the highs and the lows and you have a really great yeah. month and then you have a really bad month and it's just like it's you don't know if next month you'll be able to even make it i don't know and you know i i, I had this period uh a couple of years ago where i was in the middle of that and trying to like see it felt like it was all kind of going to go away and i was going to shut everything down essentially and and move on and, and figure out how that was going to work and and I was in like a giant legal battle. Uh, and so like money was just kind of uh, just slipping away. <laughs> and it was just this uh, scary, frustrating, sad time that uh, going to something that is consistent. And I know how much I'll make uh, every month. And I know that I don't, you know, I, I can essentially just take you know, days off for the most part. Right. I mean, other than like my, my consulting work being whether it's just kind of like doing emails or, or doing whatever, just kind of relaxing and in a sense compared to being like on and on stream and stuff to me is is it's a lot better um i'm i'm very happy with that and still trying to balance and figure out how much i want to do streaming and content creation versus this stuff but it's it's a weight off my shoulders for sure I'm really glad to hear that. And that's that's not too, too surprising to hear because I definitely know exactly what you mean. Obviously, being a content creator myself, being a freelance person myself, I completely understand that like month-to-month struggle. So I'm really glad you're in a, a better spot and maybe have less kind of pressure there like financially. Um, but it's great that you still get to do the streaming and the YouTubing and just you're not – do you look at it differently? Like do you still – do you have a – a different, maybe renewed passion for YouTubing and streaming now that you know it's not your only source of income or something you have to rely on? Yeah, it's an interesting question because in a way I do, sure, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it means that the content I create, I want to create. 
uh, for one. And I think that yeah. always produces better content, at least better content in your eyes, right? And that's, to me, that's kind of what it's all about. And that's what it always used to be about. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, if you're not, unless you're very lucky, if you're not out there grinding and, you know, creating content every day or streaming, you know, eight hours a day, then you're going to see numbers drop inevitably. And that's like... I feel like every content creator has to go through that and especially ones that transition to another job have to grapple with that and the the notion of just seeing you know because you're you become addicted to this oh I want to see my numbers go up and I'm checking every day and and you know my I think I'm like my YouTube channel has been stalled at the same number of subscribers for like a few years now if not more mm-hmm. like it's just That's been tough. at this spot right which at least it isn't like hemorrhaging uh right. there was a period there where it kind of was but it's like you know it's just there um yeah. and that's you know going from just this constant i look and you know, i'll get memories every year of like hey this time last year i'm so happy i got fifty thousand subs this time last year i'm so happy I got hundred thousand subs. it's just like this constant growth and then to have that just kind of stall out um or some things kind of hemorrhage right it's that's always hard and it's mm-hmm. To me, it's entirely the addiction to those numbers. That's entirely yeah. what it is. And I don't think it's anything anything else, really, because it's my content is still, if not more so, good content. Uh, and it's seen by the people that I want to see it. If I'm making kind of a critical commentary on like a Halo or something, I know that that the developers, the people I want to see it are going to see it even more so than ever, right? Every year, every year I, I do this stuff. And as I kind of gain more credibility and in, in the consulting side of things as well, then, then, you know, again, the people that, <laughs> that want to see, and if it doesn't get as many view, as views as I want it to, I know that it's, it kind of hits harder, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always something you gotta, mm-hmm. it still kind of keeps you up sometimes, right? You're still like, man, like, I just wish, I just wish this, this video did better. I wish I could see, you know, I want to get to this many subscribers or whatever. And then, you know, you kind of got to, for the most part, you got to pick a path or you got to, you know, if you, if you want to do that, you can do that, but it's a different life that I've already been doing for well over a decade. Yeah. And that's too long. (laughs) Like that's too long (laughs) without a, without a major change. Um, I have, I've heard, you know, we've all heard, um, people say like, oh, just don't look at the numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's almost like the number one piece of advice I sort of hear when people are giving advice to, you know, people who are just getting into streaming content creation or aspiring content creators. I feel like established content creators are always like, oh, don't look at the numbers, you know? Um, I guess kind of considering, you know, you just talked about like, well, it's it's all about the numbers. Um, and honestly, I, I do slightly disagree with that advice of the whole like, don't look at the numbers, hide your view count thing. Yeah. What's your, I guess, take on that advice? Yeah, so I'm I, I'm different than most when it comes to what's your advice on streaming? How do I make it? What do I do? Um, you know, I, 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 I like what Bo Burnham said. Uh, he has a, a great little thing. I think it was on Conan O'Brien. He said, uh, uh, it was talking about, yeah, like asking him like how he gets there or whatever. And he says, you know, don't take advice from me. And you don't, don't listen to Taylor Swift uh, how to become a pop singer because this person, you know, grew up with a silver spoon in her mouth uh, mm-hmm. and just had ever and, you know, got lucky, right? And you're like, you're taking advice from people who got lucky. And the entertainment industry is so much about luck. Are you born with the looks? Are you born with the voice? Are you born with the talent? Are you like, mm-hmm. like there's, you know, are you born into money? Are you born into connections? Like clawing your way from like every, every, every one of those traits you don't have 
getting up one more level is so much harder. So I, you know, my, my first advice, and it sounds awful, but I always say it is uh, like, Hey, do, uh, I want to be a streamer. What do I do? I say, don't, <laughs> I do. I say, I, I start with that. And then I say, okay, look, well, if, are you still here? Yeah. Then you've passed the first test. <laughs> like <laughs> test one. If you can't take me saying you're not going to make it, then you're definitely not going to make it. <laughs> like that's mm. step one. Get past that. Right. But also, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be ninja. It's yeah. your, I, if I, you know, if, if someone tells me I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be the next Brad Pitt. Well, no, you're not. I'll bet you money you're not. <laughs> I'll yes. bet every dollar I own. It's a sound investment that yeah. you're not going to get that far. So it's a matter of finding where you are happy. And that's something that's very hard for a lot of people because you are looking at these 1.1 percenters right who are yeah. making millions and millions of dollars and you need to find that point where you're like i i'll i often ask i have some friends who are starting to pick up steam streaming and i say like you know how much just really think if you were to go full-time right now how much money would you need to make to be comfortable right to do this full-time to pay your debts to pay uh, for where you live to, you know, to survive and, you know, have a little on top that you're happy. Find that number because it is a monetary thing. And a lot of people like gloss over that or be like, oh, it's a faux pas. But it's like, but it's a professional thing. If you yeah. want to be a professional streamer, it it is about the money. Like at some right. point, that's that's how it works, right? Like it's great to have the message of, uh, you know, I'm doing this for, for fun or whatever. And that's, yes, that's how you should start. But as soon as you make the leap, that it becomes your full time. That's the that's the notion of that term, full time, right? It yeah. is about the money. It is about how much can you make to survive, and it becomes a job, and it does lose a lot of the fun. So mm -hmm. where is that? Like setting those goals for yourself that are the numbers, right? Looping back mm -hmm. into that, or like where that makes sense, because that directly contributes to how much money you're making. And mm -hmm. if you can find that spot where you're comfortable and you can maybe use that as a, a jumping off point to go full time or whatever, then aim for that, right? Don't mm -hmm. aim to be ninja because you're not going to be ninja, but where will you be happy with yourself? Yeah. Do you think, what What I think is, is, is do you think that when people say they want to be a content creator, do you think they always have this idea in mind of like, oh, I can be the next ninja, Dr. Lupo, Tim the Tatman kind of thing? Or do you think there are people who genuinely aspire to be, you know, a full-time content creator that isn't necessarily a household name? Like, for instance, there are literally thousands of people out there, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people out there that I've never heard of that are making a full-time living oh, totally. off of Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. Maybe I haven't heard of them because they play games that I don't tend to play, or for whatever reason, you know, these people are, they have, a, they have pretty good numbers. They have, I mean, they have the numbers they need to make a, a decent full-time salary off of just content creation, but I've never heard of them. Do you think that that is a, a reasonable or worthy aspiration? Do you think that's what some of these maybe like, kids who want to grow up to work in the game industry, do you think mm -hmm. they want to be that middle of the road content creator or is it all kind of like all or nothing for them? Yeah, it's funny. My my jump the shark moment was I was standing in line uh, for like a Facebook party at E3 or one of these events, uh, and there's a guy in front of me who was was the typical faux pas, don't do this. Like, hey, how many subscribers you got? Like right off the uh, bat, I don't know this person. They're just like, oh, are you serious? Right? Yes. Uh, and then yeah, or right away. Like I think it was one of the first things he said to me. Just some random guy in line. But but then he okay. says he says, uh, oh cool, uh, I got 1.5 million, uh, and I only started last year. And I'm like, uh, what? Where? Did I fall asleep at some point <laughs> 10 years ago where if you had like a hundred, I remember when a hundred thousand subscribers was like, 
the king, right? Yeah. Like you're massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and now someone can just get millions of subscribers with, and, and sure enough, I looked it up, right? Because the typical, like just mm-hmm. fully playing the algorithm, clickbaity, uh, like like ev- hitting every note there, like <laughs> kind of stuff you could think of. Yeah. Um, and just like these people that just, you know, manipulate those algorithms and come out of nowhere and in a year's time, suddenly have a million subscribers. And it's just like, you know, like I remember that, like that stands out so much to me as being like, well, uh, this is not this face it used to be. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um the to it, it's tough to say because I I think everyone will naturally kind of deny that notion, right? They'd be like, no, no, no. Like I know I'm not gonna be a kind of thing. But I but I I I would argue that most people in in like human nature is to like aspire to that, right? Is to look at that and say, cause you'll see an article about how much Ninja makes or whatever, some deal. And be like, I'm, th- that's where I'm going to get to, right? That's what I aspire to. That's, that's what I want to be. It's hard to not think that way. And I think everyone thinks that way. I would, I would argue that, you know, it's tough to say, but I, I do think the average person, especially, especially the lesser people who are less in the know, like obviously people who I feel like honestly, most people who listen to this podcast uh, will be the exceptions to that. We'll be like, yeah, like they understand these rules. They understand that like where they would be, have their comfortable level mm-hmm. of, of contact with stuff. But I think that, you know, the, the people who are less aware and less in tune and connected with the space, you know, are the ones, are the, the kindergartners who are saying, I want to grow up to be a streamer, are planning to grow up to make millions of dollars streaming, right? Like mm-hmm. don't have any, any idea of everything in the middle and how many jobs there are in between there right like the yeah. like the selling the shovel in a gold rush thing right like it's like there's there's so many different parts that you could place yourself in that isn't being ninja that yeah. is still a super viable way forward that people forget about this episode is brought to you by cap 10 hats high quality dad hats that donate 10 percent of their profits to ocean cleaning efforts And now, as we're heading into the colder months, Cap 10 is introducing new beanies in three colors to keep you warm for the winter. And as a thank you to Happy Hour listeners, you can use code HAPPY for 15% off your order. Go to cap10hats.ca, that's C-A-P-T-E-N hats.ca, and use code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-I, for 15% off your order. Once again, that's cap10hats.ca and use code HAPPY for 15% off. Join the movement and help save our oceans. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, some of the struggles that you were having as a content creator, as a, as a full-time content creator rather, and sort of why you decided to switch and um, go into consulting and such. So are you, I know you had mentioned having some legal str- troubles. Is mm. that anything that you're allowed to or willing to talk about? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, it's kind of a neat story. Uh, I won't go super into depth, in depth yeah. with it, um, but it's, I- I've told it before. Like, it's not like a private thing or anything, but okay. uh, what happened was I was applying for a trademark uh, for Ready Up Live. Uh, so the, you know, the, the website, YouTube, et cetera, I owned for like a decade. Um, I realized I had the business license for it, but I didn't, or registration, but I didn't actually have a trademark. I'm like, yeah, it's probably about time I do that. You know, I have some extra cash. I might as well just just go for it. Mm-hmm. And in researching it, uh, the lawyers came back and said, there's another company right now applying for the Ready Up trademark. Uh, <gasps> and it became a standstill. 
because uh, they couldn't continue, nor could I continue until mm. one of them, until it, it was fla- uh, has hashed out. Yeah, exactly. And so it became this back and forth legal battle because they're an American company. Every time I sent an email, it went through my Canadian lawyers to an American lawyer, back to Canadian lawyer, back to me. <laughs> and I would be getting like weekly $5,000 bills. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like it was just like preposterous, Jesus. like just like money, 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 money. And it was just hemorrhaging. Um, and it got up to something like 20 grand or something. Like it was like just so much in just calls and emails and like lookups and registrations and stuff. Um, and, and what happened was I was talking to a, a friend of mine at TwitchCon um, and just kind of ranting to him about what's going on. I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Like, I don't know how I'm going to solve this because it's just, I will win. But when it comes to legal battles, it's entirely who has the most money at some, or at some point. It's kind of how it always is, right? That's the flaw in the system. Um, who, who concedes first? And so I was talking to him about that and he said, huh, I'm actually a consultant for ReadyUp. I said, no Whoa. way. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, there's no way, uh, I, I do. I, how much more do I say? And at that moment I was, I, I kind of saw him as an enemy. Cause I'm yeah. like, well, everything I say to you right now, like they're paying you. I'm not, I'm just a friend, right They're <laughs> I, I don't know who, if you'd trust me over them. Um, I don't think you would. Cause I feel like most people would be like, well, they're paying me that, you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna side with them. Um, and so he's like, look, here's the email of the CEO. Why don't you guys just, just talk it out. And so we did. Uh, I, I gave him a call. I, uh, he's like, yeah, like, let's, let's hop on a phone call. Uh, Rod's his name, who's the CEO of, of ReadyUp, who's now, who I'm with now. Um, huh. And so, yeah, so, so what happened was we're like, let's just, this is dumb. Let's stop talking to lawyers. We're both just spending money for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, meet the team. We signed mutual NDAs and hopped on you know, just like a video call. So I met the team, really, really cool people, really smart people. And we just came to the agreement. They're like, look, let's just essentially combine uh, and we want you on board and we can, we can do cool stuff together. And so it was like huh. the like like literally the only time in history that a, a situation like this ended in <laughs> ended the way it did. Wow. Uh, but you know that's why it led to kind of the the shuttering of Ready Up Live and and merging a lot of kind of the know how and some of the team members and stuff into uh, Ready Up, which is which I'm a part with now. Um, and that's like yeah, that was a <laughs> but that was like a whole year. That was like essentially a year battle that just kind of all was just resolved, was <laughs> seemingly overnight. Uh, wow. but it was, a, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't recommend getting into legal battles. It's, <laughs> it's never fun. I've, yeah. I've sued someone once. Oh, uh, wow. that was also a just, it's the hardest thing. <laughs> There's, that, oh, it's the worst. Are you willing to talk about? Um, that was, that was just someone screwed me out of paying me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they owed me money and they just ghosted. Yeah, it sucks because that's kind of a risk of like being, you know, being, being freelance, being contract to contract. Like, yeah, that's always kind of a risk. I mean, do you do you have you don't you're not with any sort of like agency that represents you or anything? No, um, oh, okay. I, I've definitely been approached by a couple. Yeah. Um, it's it's not really something I'm looking for right now. I don't think. Sure. Um, well, it's, you're kind of different than like what I do. Like for yeah. me, I'm kind of like I need like my 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 representation is vital, and they for one, you know, kind of protect me from from that kind of situation because like they're the ones that are interfacing with the clients and like collecting the payment, and then my agency cuts yeah. the check, so I never have to worry about like getting screwed out of payment. Yeah. Well, well, the the story with this one was um it was actually one of my earliest consulting gigs um, oh. before. Yeah. And now realizing this, um, before I you know put it in my Twitter bio, uh, it was back in university, and I uh, they were like, yeah, it was a guy's putting on a like a local 
convention in the city I was in. And uh, yeah, he just like, I was a consultant and I had, I had ton, tons of resources for him. I'd be like, yeah, I was on board. Like hit me up whatever you need. And I helped out with a bunch of stuff. I even flew across country to show up to the event and yeah, he ghosted me. So it was, oh. uh, well, what's, what sucked is that I was like, look, man, like, honestly, I know that maybe you're like strapped for strapped for cash or whatever. Like pay me half. Like I even was that fair. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, like let's, let's talk this out. Let's, uh, I was willing to, to go pretty low just to kind of like settle it and, and be done with it. Right. But mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't even respond to that, that I was like, that's it. This is, it's not about the money anymore. It's about, it's about winning. Cause like, you don't do yeah. this, man. Like when I, I, when I extend my hand like this, <laughs> you, and you don't accept it. Well, yeah. 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 So I, I won. Um, nice. but it, it was still like, man, it's, it's a whole longer story. And like, I still haven't got the money. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, he has this like permanent mark on his account anytime he ever tries to like go get a loan or something it's like well you've been sued um it, yeah but it was the whole process was it was a nightmare and, and kind so of i guess it. still is so yeah don't don't recommend it it's a it's a disaster <laughs> well i'm glad you were willing to share that story that's really fascinating yeah. um overall do you feel that your career both when you were a full-time content creator and then now when you are doing more consulting as a primary gig, do you feel that um, your career has a large impact on your mental health? And do you feel that your mental health has a large impact on your career? What's kind of the relationship between those two? Yeah, um, it's something I've increasingly become aware of, uh, and it's and it's interesting and, and super interesting chatting with you as well about this. Who you know, you've known me for I don't even I don't even know when we when we first. It probably Met. would have been 2012 or 2013, I think. Does that sound right to you? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think it was when I was... I think, let's go with 12. Yeah. 13. Well, because I think it would have been when I was working for Curse, and I started working there in 2013, but we had followed each other on Twitter Yeah. before that. Oh, wait, no. It might have been even earlier. I do. Eight years, remember, nine years? All Jeez. I remember is I had we had followed each other on Twitter, and then we were at an event that might have been who knows when it was 2011, 2012. It was probably PAX. We were at a party, and it was one of those. I saw you, and I was like 90% sure it was you, but never having met you in person before, I wasn't like 100% <laughs> sure. So I pulled on my phone, and I go to your Twitter so I can like look at the picture and then look at you really quick. And I don't even remember who was like. Oh, I draw. Yeah, you're right. And, I remember and then, this. And I remember you like had uh, you were standing pretty close to me when I did this. So then you like. Or you had approached while I was doing that, I think. And then you saw my phone and then looked up at me and was like, hi. And I was like, oh, great. Hello. Oh, I, yeah. I, I forgot that. You're totally right. That's funny. Yeah. So so, so how that ties in is, um, yeah, uh, um, I've kind of been increasingly uh, like aware and concerned uh, of my own mental health um, and actually took therapy for the first time ever, which is something oh, that great. I've, yeah, which I've been very uh, like adverse to. Um, I always yeah. thought that like, I don't know. Like, I think I had a, a pretty good handle on myself. Um, and it's, you know, I, I always just interpreted that talking to a therapist would only just make me angry. Because oh, <laughs> I always had this, like, yeah, well, because I, like, in a weird way, right? Because like, oh, well, then you need therapy, obviously. No, but it was like, <laughs> to, no, to me, it was more the, the, the kind of cartoon notion of a therapist. Uh, the, okay. like, how, how they're made fun of in movies and cartoons, right? They're like, and how did that make you feel, right? I'd be like, stop asking me that, right? <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't helping anything here. I'd always inter- interpret it to be that, right? It'd be just me talking and this person just being like, go on. I'm like, why am uh, I paying I you, right? <laughs> like, what's the point of this? Right. I could talk to a wall be the same thing. I talk to a pet. <laughs> right. um, but so it was just, uh, I actually had some, a few, uh, one primarily, but like a couple of mutual friends who were, who just have always, you know, people I've really looked up to, uh, very successful people uh, that 
just swear by therapy, right? And like, if that doesn't sell it, I don't know what does. And this, this, the notion that I'm increasingly kind of, also just made me think about like, yeah, like why is it that like every famous person, right? Every like rich person, they all have their therapists, right? Like yeah. it's like, it's a thing. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, Cause A, it's expensive as hell, unless you have some kind of like, you have like an actual diagnosis or a plan or something, um, which, which I did not. So it's, it is expensive, <laughs> so, but it's, but it's, uh, you know, I, I tried it for the first time and I just kind of researched around and I figured uh, in times like this um, that like there'd be easy uh, and expected to a video style, which was exciting. Yeah, and so, yeah, like so I found that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I just found one. Like I just looked for local, uh, local therapists in my area. Oh, and then, cool. yeah. And then rather than uh, there's like, there are some like kind of like registries um, that, you, that you can search through. Um, but rather than using that, I actually looked up a couple of people's like I was dove a bit deeper and found their personal websites, oh, sure. um, and so so when I reached out to to one of them, they're like, "How'd you find me? Like you're emailing me at like this uh-huh. email kind of thing, right? It wasn't through like some form or something. Like, yeah. well, you know, I, I did my research, I found you. Um, I, I reached out to three different therapists. Uh, the one of them, I, I just took way too long to reply, and so I'm like, that's not good. Uh, one of them was just cold. Uh, and I'm like, that's not, I might, maybe for some people, but it was just so cold and clinical. Like the, the reply was something like, I'm like, Hey, you know, my first time doing therapy, uh, I've never done it before. Uh, I'm curious, like what, what are the next steps kind of thing? Uh, and it was very like, please use my registration thing here and here and here. And I look forward to hearing from you. I'm like, that's not what I want to hear from, mm. from a first response. Right. And then this, this, this woman who I, I went with, uh, <laughs> I barely even second guessed it was just like. Yeah, again, wow, how'd you find me? That's so cool. Just like very exciting, very human. I'm like, yeah, that's what I need. Um, yeah, and yeah that, that's why I, I've only ever done one, one session so far, um, but it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, like it was just, you're like, huh, by the end of it, by the end of like an hour and a half or whatever it was, you're like, you're just like, wow. It's, uh, it's the, you, you, you kind of realize... I think it's, I think it's pretty common for a lot of therapy too. Is you realize the futility of a lot of the things you're saying. You're like, wow, that sounds yeah. silly saying that out loud, right? Like, right. why have I been worried about this? This is so stupid, right? And it's you know to kind of get that affirmation uh, and and mm-hmm. and just hearing it out loud is, is really valuable. But um, that that was all kind of spawned from just. <laughs> And I'm still trying to grasp myself as well, obviously, but, uh, you know, the state of the world right now with COVID and, uh, yeah. I mean, the state of America uh, and just, like, things so much and, and you know, me uh, doing different jobs and being busy and, and then, like, my cat had, like, a health problem and, like, all this stuff oh. was just, like, it was just compression, right? It was just, and, yeah. and uh, which is apparently essentially, like, a, also, like, a actual term for it. It's just that when oh. there's, there's more more and more stuff happening that everything is amplified and that's also yeah. why you saw like during uh the 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 kind of riots and stuff like that happened that like everything ever was just a hundred right there was yeah. no middle ground everything was just blown out of proportion and everything was everyone was mad about everything and like yeah. it, it feels like a little calmer right now um yeah. but like certainly that was there was just this period there of just like a couple of months where that's when i had to like i took a big twitter break i'm like i can't this is too much everything is so sad and angry and hopeless and um so yeah so that it, to, to me it, it was this acknowledgement that and, and maybe I credit, I might even credit my girlfriend for it, or it's just, it's partially that, partially me just kind of getting older or something, or just more wise. Um, but I've just been increasingly empathetic uh, to to everything, um, mm-hmm. you know, to whether it's to people or to uh, uh, friggin' like veganism, <laughs> like my, my girlfriend's <laughs> vegan, right? Um, and so like the thing I'm, you know, just, just my, my empathy towards people, towards uh, ailments and toward towards everything um it's just increased um and, and to the point where 
the problem with that is that it, you know, it broke down a barrier of mine that I didn't know I kind of head up. Right. Uh, and so it's just like, I got more empathetic, you know, and more aware towards myself, uh, and made me kind of really like really judge and hate on my past self. And that's something that, and then that's something that, that really got to me uh, and still does certainly. And I think, again, that's why leaving it back into what I find it interesting is that like I consider essentially who, who I was when you first met me uh, is like not me now. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, and I don't know if that's something you are able to recognize in any way. I and mean, we haven't hung out too much lately, yeah. um, but you know, kind of, kind of off and on, but you know, I've, I've, I fully believe like I'm such a different person than I, than I was, you know, eight years ago. And so this is like this kind of trying to accept who my past self was and being frustrated at how I've acted to people or things I've said to people or just kind of like coldness, like lack of empathy that I had back then versus now uh, and just being so like distraught with myself uh, and just kind of trying to accept that uh, was was one of the main reasons that I, I kind of went to therapy. Um, and it's something that certainly still kind of haunts me right now. It's just yeah. that like, like uh, just the stupidest stuff too, right? Like the typical like other oh, things you, that keep you up at night that like, yeah, oh man, like, like why did I say room. that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And it's just, and you're like, literally yeah. Literally nobody remembers. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, absolutely. Totally yeah. yeah, you're the only one and you just amplify it and you just think of, and then it becomes this like, you think about the future and you think about your, yourself and you just be like, all the a, other stupid I, uh, things you're going to do and say, yeah, yeah. It just like, again, <laughs> it's the compression thing. It just started like just worrying and worrying. And I'm like, I've never, I've never been a worrier, right? I've never had regrets. I've never been a worrier, but I increasingly am. And I, I personally see that as a, as kind of a natural side effect mm -hmm. of being a more empathetic person, right? Of just being like, uh, you know, just so much more aware of things. And it's like the, the ignorance is bliss. Mind. It's like, I wish I could just, you know, maybe that's why sometimes you just got to turn off Twitter. You got to turn off things and just kind of escape and be like, huh, it's a nice day out. Right. Like that's a great feeling. Right. Or, or meditate or something, or, you know, have a bath. Uh, but just like being so connected and so in the spotlight is, uh, is yeah, it's, it's definitely gets to me sometimes. Hey, thanks again for listening. And don't forget about that bonus content that I am always bothering you guys about. Basically every single episode, I actually record about 15 minutes more of content with each guest that is going to be released as bonus content in uh, a number of weeks or months. It is coming very, very soon. We don't know exactly when that will be ready, but if you're interested, you can check out the website, happyhour.io. That's H-A-P-P-I-H-O-U-R.io and navigate over to the episodes section. There's a little box at the bottom where you can enter your email address if you want to be the first to know when that bonus content drops. And once again, I'm gonna bug you about please giving us a rating or a follow. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much and I'll catch you guys next time.